Good morning, welcome to NUFC Matters with me, Steve Wraith. Uh, just a, a couple of things to say before we start. Um, I am going to John from Jab's funeral today, hence the attire. I'm going to pay our respects to John, so I would ask everybody just to say a little prayer for John's family today. Uh, it's going to be a tough, tough day for them. Um, I may have to cut the show short today as well, because I've had some bad news myself. My mum has been battling cancer. Uh, she's on a critical care ward now, and um, I've had a phone call from the doctor today, which wasn't too good. So that's all I'm going to say. Uh, but if I do get a phone call from the hospital today, then please um, you know, forgive us if I've got to cut the show short. Uh, but that's where we'll start, Liam, um, with Newcastle United's game at the weekend. Another win. Fantastic result. Uh, but it came at a cost. We lost Kieran Trippier. Yeah, we did. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it was a it was a <clears throat> a mixed emo- weekend of mixed emotions, really, wasn't it? In terms of the match itself, um, such a talisman. He's been absolutely in- incredible since he came to the football club. Um, a leader on the pitch, a leader off the pitch, and he'll continue to be a leader off the pitch. But that that leadership, everything, almost everything comes through Kieran Trippier, and it's really weird that that of a right back you wouldn't think a right back can control a, the way a team plays and he really really does it's it's quite incredible um but it, it, what i would say and, and i've tried to take the positive stance on this um is that one man doesn't make a team he has been huge and he has been crucial but they won that game on saturday of course he got the goal but they played virtually 45 minutes without him um, and held on and were reasonably defensively solid. I think it would be a it would be a, a boost to hear that Javier Manquillo was okay. I think that would be that would be one that that would really sort of help out a bit because Emil Kraft was a bit shaky when he came on. It's fair to say um, got caught out of position a fair few times. Um, but the, the, look, the, it's not it's not all negative. Newcastle United have, have taken themselves in a few short weeks from going from right deep in the relegation mire, looking up, not being able to see the next win coming, not being able to see how they would ever get their heads back above above the, the relegation zone. To now, having stretched that to four points, it's quite an incredible position they've put themselves in. And and even without Kieran Trippier, who'll be supporting from the sidelines, I think they're in a much better place. Of course, you've got that £40 million midfielder and, and Bruno inject into the side. Yeah. And, and from all the reports I'm hearing from people in and around who see him in training every day, they're just they they're just blown away by how good this lad is, like incredibly good. So there's still that to come into the team. We've seen Dan Byrne come into the team. Big Dan Byrne, as we've christened him on this show. Big Dan Byrne. What yeah, a, yeah. what a colossus, Liam, and probably one of the best. I, I'm, I'm saying this every show now. I said the best right back I've seen. Now we look honestly after one game. I'm not afraid to make this punt. I think he will be the best centre half we've had in many years. I I, I don't look. I don't want to say that yet, but wow, in terms of debuts, there hasn't been many better. You could tell, and and, and obviously I work, my Newcastle United writer at Newcastle Worlds, Jordan Cronin, he has good connections in and around sort of Dan Byrne, and I nudged him, I nudged him yesterday and said, I, I, I bloody hope, on Sunday, I bloody hope this lad's good, and we're just laughing about it. And then I, I said, I, I then nudged him five minutes into the game when Byrne had taken a couple of balls down on his chest, nice. long balls. Played the ball with his left foot out to the left, to the right. And I, you can always tell for me from a footballer the way he carries himself. And, and within that first five minutes, you could tell, look, this lad's an upgrade on what we've seen here for a while at centre-half. He's very composed, uh, good on the ball, won everything in the air in both boxes. Um, it's a long time since we've had we've had defenders of that the ability of, of Trippier and and. Um, and burn. I would go to say it's probably the, the, one of the best um, defensive debuts that I've ever seen at Newcastle United. I'm struggling to think of many better. Um, I'm not going to say he's going to be as good as Jonathan Woodgate, but that was up there with levels of debut where you look and you go, wow, he's a player. Um, and and he, we know he's a good player. He was a good player at Brighton, a good Premier League footballer. And it maybe does shine a little bit of a light on the, the dearth of quality that we've had in that department for quite some time. But it's making the players around them better. Fabian Cher looks an even better player with somebody like Burn alongside him and, and Trippier on the other side. And this isn't even coming on to Matt Target, and that's one I want to point out as well, that that his debut um, against uh, Everton in the week was really, really good, really positive. Um, and I think even with Trippier out, you, you, it's hard not to argue that Newcastle's defence is in a much, much better place. 
particularly down the left-hand side with Dan Byrne and Matt Target. So, yeah, I'm, I'm reasonably positive. Um, and I think they've put themselves in a position now where they were constantly playing catch-up. It's now back in their hands with this this week week of results. Um, and that could be Trippier's biggest contribution. Look, let's not beat around the bush here. The type of injury that it is, I hear some people suggesting six weeks. Um, I think it's going to be a bit longer than that from what I've heard from sort of uh, medical opinion. Um, it sounds like it's going to take a little bit longer. And it could be the case that we don't see a lot more of Kieran Trippier this season, but this could have been the biggest contribution he's made is the fact that he's contributed massively to six points in a week. And that six points took Newcastle United from looking up to looking down. And that was the, it's just a mentality thing as well. Real big mentality shift on Tyneside to go along with all the positivity that's been around off the pitch. That, that finally, eventually, the on the pitch, you know, on the pitch performances have caught up with that general mood around St James's Park, around Newcastle United, around the new owners, the manager, etc. Eventually, the players have caught up and got got up to speed with with what everybody else is feeling. And I think maybe, I think maybe, looking ahead, it might only take fifteen games to go. Newcastle United might only have to win another. I mean, you look at the points tally from last season. Are the bottom three any better quality-wise than what the bottom three were last season? It's difficult to argue. What points tallies are they on total to get? 30 points might keep you up this season. Newcastle have 21 already. I would suggest out of the last 15 games, another another four wins plus a couple of draws is probably guaranteed to keep you up this season. And I think looking at the team, even without Kieran Trippier, looking at the way the team plays, I mean, look, they don't look like scoring a whole lot of goals. It's not, let's not mess around there. They don't, they aren't creating a load of chances, particularly from open play. But I think, I think there's enough in this team now to suggest that they'll steal um, and get those three to four wins plus a handful of draws um, to make sure that they steal. Yeah. Uh, okay, was, let's go to the questions on Twitter. We often put a shout out when we're doing these early morning shows. Rich Joblin asks a question which I suggested, I reckon it will happen anyway. He just says, do we expect Trippier to be in the change room on the bench for games given his importance? I would say yes, Liam. He'll be in and around that squad each and every game that he misses. I think I think you're spot on, Steve. I think he will be. I think he's he's just that kind of character. It's infectious, the... the the attitude that he's brought to Newcastle United, it, it, it's quite intriguing watching him. And there might be fans out there who do exactly the same, but just pre-kickoff, the way he, he talks to everybody, sort of speaks, to, you know, drills, it, it gets everybody up for it. And he, he makes sure, he, you know, fist pumps every single player on the pitch. And he's just a leader. You can see that he's leading by example from the way he plays and he's leading with his character as well. Um, and I think it would be a loss to not have that in and around the change room. Moving forward, he can't, of course, make an impact during the 90 minutes, but he definitely can do a lot more around that. It's always been interesting as well that there is a very close relationship there with Eddie Howe, so it wouldn't surprise me if Howe does want him around because he is his general on the pitch, constantly in conversation um, with Howe in the dugout, telling him about certain players, certain things that need adjusted. Um, he's obviously got a good football brain and, and, and he's, he's a leader. So I think it would be a loss not to have him around in and around the place. And I think he will be. Yeah. Okay. Um, next question uh, is from Stuart Taylor. He says, are you concerned that we still aren't creating chances from open play? Me personally, I'm not, Liam. I think that, um, you know, I think Newcastle just have to make do and mend with what they've got. And they've got some good midfield players and they can, they can you know, they can, they can create chances, they can score goals. I think set pieces will be crucial. We've got big Dan Byrne. You've got, you know, Wood, who again, you know, is struggling still to find form, but I'm sure he will. Um, you know, we, it's not all about goals from open play. As long as we get goals and we keep goals out at the other end, that's gonna that's gonna keep us in the position above the relegation zone. Yeah, quite a couple of interesting points there. I'll come on to maybe the, the importance of Wood um, or increased importance of Wood in a moment, but. Going to the original answering the original question, am I concerned by it? I do. I have noticed it. I have noticed that Newcastle United in the last few games don't look like a team um, creating chances and scoring. Look, don't look like scoring a whole lot of goals. Of course, they got three against against um, Everton, but it, it, again, they didn't create a whole load of chances prior to going three one up. Um, didn't create any chances at all against Aston Villa. And Leeds was a, a funny game where they, they could have, in the second half, maybe got a couple more goals than what they actually did. Um, 
I'm not overly concerned, being being brutally honest. I think I don't think it's going to take a whole lot more than what Newcastle need to produce now to get results to steal. I think they'll be fine. And I, and I think you make a really important point, Steve, that set pieces are a big thing in football and will have become a much bigger thing with Dan Byrne. It was interesting seeing him set up for defensive ones that he didn't have a marker. It was almost just he was the man to go and win the corners, and he did do that on a number of occasions. Um, interestingly, in an attacking sense, I can see him being a target, and I can see him, um, I could see him nipping, nipping a couple of goals himself between now and the end of the season if he plays every week. Um, but yeah, I think I think Chris Woods are really. Uh, it's been a talking point in Newcastle United, and I've been one certainly want to talk about it that I was less than impressed by his first two games. I remember saying. Um, I think it was, yeah, the first two games were doing Watford and um, and Leeds. I wasn't that impressed by him. I would actually argue in the last two, Everton and Aston Villa, that I have been impressed by him. 13 wins out of 15 from aerial challenges, Liam. The stats, yeah. the stats don't back up some people's criticism. Yeah, so I think it, it's the type of player. I think maybe he does, he, he's not, look, he's not an upgrade on Callum Wilson. I think that's the first thing we've got to get out there. In my opinion, <laughs> no, in, in my opinion, Callum Wilson is a better, more rounded centre forward than than Chris Wood. But they're totally different kind of players, and 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 one one to do the other's job isn't going to work like that. They are totally different. Could complement each other were they ever uh, able to play together. Um, but Chris Wood, for me, um, one thing I've noticed in the last two games is his hard work, his pressing. He's he's really and he's always an outlet. Yes, sometimes it doesn't stick, but I think a lot of that. Graft um, up front makes up for some of the stuff that maybe St Maximin doesn't do, um, and I, I've, I've actually noticed that quite a bit that, that he's he's a he's a very good presser, doesn't give any defender in the back four or five whoever you're playing against a minute's piece, and I thought that was it's been really noticeable to me in the last two games, and and yes, I think he he maybe does lack bits of quality in certain areas of his game, but. I think he's been a vital cog in the wheel in, in getting the, these last couple of results because of the work, the the, the tireless work he's put in. Gives, um, he gives but... ASM that opportunity as well. You know, while people are occupied by Chris Wood, it gives ASM a bit more freedom, doesn't it, to do what he does? Yeah. It does. And I described him on Saturday in many ways. <laughs> and this is going to sound really negative, but it wasn't meant in a negative way. It was almost like... It was like a, a blunt tool, like a blunt weapon. So, so he's he's clearly got strengths, and the strengths are get the ball up there. He wins it all the time. Flick ons, he wins them. Um, Newcastle United, uh, Fraser and St. Maximin were not taking advantage of that for large periods of the game, and it was only I would say towards the end of the game, um, last the last game that they started running off him, started going beyond. And that's almost what they need to start doing a little bit more of because Chris Wood wins the majority of his headers and flick-ons. And, and if they gamble, which I think they start to realise, look, we can start gambling with this guy, they'll get a lot more success and get you'll get Newcastle further and further up the park. But Gary Neville made some really interesting points in his Sky Sports podcast the other day where he talked about um, him being a fullback and saying... He would love to have a Chris Wood because it's somebody you can always hit. It's always a, he's always an outlet, and that's the kind of thing that Wilson doesn't always do that well because that's not his game. So it'd be nice at some point to maybe see the two play together. But injuries, of course, with Callum Wilson, as we've seen with Kieran Trippier recently, and just just seem to have held them back somewhat. But Newcastle are in a much much stronger position than they were, and 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 I feel I feel reasonably confident despite the lack of goals from open play and lack of chances created that. That we will start um, getting, you know, scoring goals and and, and gambling and running off. Um, there is another player who who does that kind of thing, and and I think is starting to come into his own. And I'm really pleased to see it because I was a, I, I've been a critic of of Joe Willock on this show on numerous occasions. Didn't seem like seemed like a guy with the weight of the world on his shoulders. Um, his demeanour didn't come across amazingly great when he wasn't playing very well. Looked like a lad carrying a lot of responsibility and, and a lot of weight because of those performances maybe last season um, and the expectation that he was the only player signed in the summer and didn't really have a transformative effect on the midfield like he did when he came in in January. So 
I think he's another player who can use Chris Wood as a as a as a point to to get beyond and run off because he does that really well. He's good at hitting spaces and hitting gaps. And and I think we've seen from that from halfway point at Leeds, I think we've seen a bit of the Joe Willock that we seen last season. And I, I was really I was really impressed by him on Saturday, uh, Sunday. I think not only was he carrying the ball well, he was doing the bits where he he was winning it and closing gaps. Um, and chasing and and he, he can be a real threat um, and just add something different to that midfield on the right-hand side. And of course, you've got Joe Linton, who for me has been really, really good. And I think John Joe Shelby again has stepped up his levels in recent We won games. the midfield battle, didn't we? We really, really frustrated Aston Villa's game plan. Yeah, and we didn't expect that because they've got quite a talent in midfield. I think most people looked at it and thought that would be a battle Newcastle would lose. And they didn't actually. I think Joe Linton's been a revelation. He really has, and and I know we've said that a lot of, a lot of times. But the way how high he wins the ball up the pitch for Newcastle United consistently, and he's the one who breaks from the midfield. Say when Chris Wood does press, and maybe St Maximin and, and Fraser don't go. It's like a selective press that they have. It'll be it's normally Joe Linton who breaks from that midfield and closes down the gaps, and then he closes again and he closes again, and and. It can't go unnoticed. It can't be people. People must see it. But the work rate that he's got and the effort levels from that midfield breaking out from the work he's asked to do in this system um, is unbelievable. But what a what a amazing fitness levels, amazing resilience to tackles, knocks, bangs. He gets them all the time. Strong physical midfielder. Um, I know Eddie Howe was keen not to call him a midfielder because he doesn't really see him as that, but he is effectively playing a, a very midfield-like role. I see fans put their best 11s together. I keep putting Joe Linton as a defensive midfielder. He, isn't a, he definitely is not a defensive midfielder. He plays reasonably high up. He doesn't play deep, and there's a reason for that. Um, but he, he wins the ball high. He is He's really the most advanced of that midfield three and does a fantastic job doing it, and, and long may it continue. On paper, you would never you would never say that Newcastle midfield should should get the better of Aston Villas because they've got a good they've got a good they are a good side. That's not this is the one thing that's very easy to do. And I know I'm waffling here, Steve. Tell us to shut up if you think so. No, no, keep going, mate. People people enjoy hearing me your opinion, Liam. I, I I think we've seen from Everton. So Everton went and beat Brentford, then Everton went and won it at the weekend, right? We've seen a lot of criticism of how bad were Everton. That's all we heard, right? It wasn't anything to do with the fact Newcastle beat them, went and beat them. It was all, oh, well, Everton, we were dead happy, but it was also, I, how bad were they? I didn't think they were that bad on the day. Deli Ali took a load of stick. Yeah, he was nowhere up the speed, but you can see that there's a player there. Van der Beek came on, you know, started actually for maybe 20 minutes, that second half started really making things tick over. This isn't, that isn't a bad Everton team, as they proved at the weekend. And Aston Villa are exactly the same. The Newcastle United made Aston Villa look really poor. Steven Gerrard was amazingly frustrated after that game. And this wasn't because Aston Villa had a bad game, because Aston Villa are a good side. Newcastle did not allow them the spaces and the pockets to play. Philip Coutinho maybe had 15 minutes in the second half period where he started picking balls up, maybe just after Trippier went off. Apart from that, there was no pockets for him to play in. And that's what he'd done the week previous when he when he sort of tore it up. Um, and he had done for the, the, the two, two, first two or three games of his period, is that he, he dropped into pockets. He castinated his midfield and the full-backs, etc. didn't allow players like him to drop into pockets. Or Bundia, who, who, yes, he wasn't great against us earlier this season and wasn't great again. On, but but I remember back to, I think, Steve Bruce's second or third game in charge. And, and down there at Norwich, it was just, it was the Emil Bundia show. He was, it just took us to pieces. But this, this set-up, this formation isn't the open um, Steve Bruce reign and isn't the start of the Eddie Howe reign. This is a very different, looks a lot more organised Newcastle United side because they've played Leeds. The three games is Leeds, uh, Everton and Aston Villa. And they're the first three games in a long time that Newcastle United, for me, haven't gifted the opposition five and six excellent opportunities to score, either from individual errors or just really poor defensive shape. I think these last three games, we might just start start to be seeing the defensive discipline and shape that many said Eddie Howe didn't couldn't possibly bring Newcastle. He didn't play like that. They look a lot more organised now in the last three games than I've seen them in a long time. And again, long may it continue. 
Yeah, here, here. Okay, let's get through a, a couple of quick fire questions on Twitter uh, before we start coming to the chat because the chat is lively today and I uh, want to uh, get as many people's uh, opinions through as possible. Any update on Marjed Alsura's um, appointment as a, a Newcastle director? Yeah, there was a lot of Twitter talk on that um, and, you know, it looked as if he was going to be appointed. Is that is that something you know about, Liam? Uh, it was all very strange, actually. So on his LinkedIn at the time, he actually had it posted that he's a director at Newcastle since July last year, um, which made absolutely no sense given the takeover happened in October. Um, those uh, LinkedIn updates were swiftly removed in the days after that it kind of started getting a bit of momentum on Twitter that, that he was a, set to be a director. Of course, there was a report in one of the national papers, and it was something that, that a good colleague of mine, and I, I won't say where from, but... Uh, did did speak to somebody um, and got the word that that there was there'd been absolutely no change and as as a present uh, there was still only three directors at Newcastle United, um, one of which we know is Amanda Stavely. Um, I, I I'd not heard anything new on this one. It wouldn't surprise me if he was, but I don't believe that's something that has happened yet. Um, yeah, like I say, it could happen, and it would it wouldn't be a surprise to see um, more Saudi influence on the board. Um, given the size of the the um, majority shareholding, but okay, at the present, uh, color coach, color coach asks: Is there any um, update on Wilson's return date? No, unfortunately not. I think the best the best updates on Wilson's return date is just listening to his BBC podcast with uh, Miguel Antonio. I think he gives he gives the best updates in there. So it's probably, I'd probably just say keep an eye on that one. It sounded to me the last time I heard anything was that it was it, it wasn't. It wasn't going to be a quick thing, and it probably looks like, um, as we suspected when he first did it, given the nature of where it was, that it was going to be a long-termer. And I think there hasn't really been, apart from maybe a glimmer of hope early on in January, that it might it might be sooner than, than expected. I think the, the thinking around the injury since then is that we'll probably be lucky to... We'll probably be lucky to see Trippier and, and Wilson in that, that final week, uh, two weeks of the season, I would suspect. I would, I would guess that. I think it's. I think we play Man City and Arsenal and Burnley. I think the last three games. I think we're probably looking at having those two back for then, which is a long stretch, twelve games. But they just have to find a way, and and they, we're not asking them to find a way of producing European or Champions League form. We only need it. We only need it probably, like I say, in, in the fifteen games if we win. If we win three of those and, and pick up another four draws or something like that, I mean, that's a lot of losses. If they can do something like that, they'll probably stay up with it. So, I mean, realistically, that's all we need. And that's that's all I'm looking at. That, Of course, everybody wants to climb the table and you want to keep that positivity going. But this season was always, from the minute that, that the uh, owners took over, it was just always going to be treading water, really. It was always going to be just getting through this season and then, we like the blue touch paper in the in the summer, which I still expect to happen. Should Newcastle need to seal? Yeah. Okay. Uh, next question on Twitter is um, about ground redevelopment. It's funny this has come up a couple of times now because Newcastle are, are winning games. We've got the takeover. We're hoping that we'll stay up and get the uh, you know get get you know the, get the big guns out in the summer and bring some big players in. Um, I, the Lee, Milne, Lee Milne's question is, in time, if they do go ahead and extend the Gallagher, do you think the work could be completed in the close season? If not, do you think it will reduce the capacity by much until the work completed? I don't think you're going to know the answer to that one, but let's talk about the ground being developed. Um, yeah. Do you think that's what the, the owners would focus on, redeveloping the ground? Or do you think they would maybe put it out to the supporters? I, I think we know the answer. They, they would put yeah. it out to the supporters, they would ask for opinions, they wouldn't just go and do something. Do you think it would be better if we built the ground somewhere else, try to build it on the town moor, or try to build it on Leeser's Park, see what kind of opposition, or build it down next to the town where the site of the arena is at the minute? What What's your views on this? Um, uh, firstly, do I believe that it's a priority, which I think the question was kind of getting at, is, is it going to be something that happens? I would suspect there's a lot of other things that are a priority ahead of that. Um, look, I don't think it's going to be something that isn't addressed in the next couple of years uh, in terms of what they want to do and their plans, but I don't foresee it being something that, that will change immediately. I think it'll take some time. 
I think a training ground, I think the training ground is actually a bigger priority. Um, because the levels that the step the levels and steps that they want to take over the next few years, um, they need to make sure that they've got the infrastructure behind the scenes to attract the type of players that take you to those levels. And you can't say you don't have that at the moment. So I think that's one that will take a, a priority above the likes of extending the stadium or moving to a new stadium. Look, I could be totally wrong, but I think <coughs> you just to use a bit of common sense here. That that yes, of course they're gonna sell out and they're gonna continue selling out. Um but but I don't think I don't think a really expensive um five to ten thousand upgrade on the stadium is at the very, very top of the priority list. What do I think they should do? I, I don't want to see Newcastle move from St James's Park. I don't, but I'm also a realist. I, I really don't want to see Newcastle move from St James's Park. That's my heart speaking. But my head says differently. I think if you need if if Newcastle United uh, going to develop, like I say, to the levels that I expect them to over the next five to ten years. And I think it's probably Newcastle United will quite easily outgrow St James's Park, and it just depends on the costings. Can can you can you develop that ground enough to the levels that you want to to um, increase revenue enough? Because ultimately, that's this isn't going to be something that people like to talk about and like to hear. But one way you do increase revenue, and it probably will come to that, is increase ticket prices, especially when when demand outweighs supply so i think that is inevitable i think as Newcastle move up through the levels you will see ticket prices increase and that's just the way things go but i think um i think you know i i think they can i, th- I think that, that there is a there is a will there to to increase capacity but whether it'll happen um in the short term is another thing altogether i think i think there's a, there's bigger priorities bigger priorities in building the rest of the infrastructure of the football club um I think Newcastle, like I say, could easily outgrow St James's Park, and it may prove uh, more beneficial to to build a whole new stadium. And really, obviously, I've got the heartstrings thing too. But if you say, look, Newcastle United are literally fighting with for titles and Champions Leagues, and 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 one of the the offshoots of that would be, look, we love St James's Park, but we need a bigger stadium. We need to build a purpose-built seventy k ground somebody somewhere else um and it would it, it it would be massively cheaper and we could do it much better and it would be a much better match day experience for all of you people going and paying good money to go um than it would to gut and revamp and extend the current site you know what i think most people if they put their common sense head on won't disagree and won't won't kick up a fight but i get it i don't want to leave st james's park it's got that heart pull but really, let's be realistic about this. If you were to be, you know, if you, it's about bang for buck, you know, <laughs> if, if you were to get more for your money, as in you pay your season ticket and you actually get a really, you know, a much nicer seat in a, yeah. with a much better view and he much did. better, yeah, yeah, exactly, a much better place to, to spend some time where you can have a drink, something nice to eat, just a better expanse rather than feel like you're maybe going to a, you know, an airport hangar half the time with a, with a, portable tv you know nailed up to the wall you know it's... little changes are happening though i, I had this conversation yeah. with, with um holly and her dad and um and roger when walking up the ground uh, the other day and and you know you, you you're having a second look at things and you're going has that been painted has that is that new yeah. you're looking at things they are making little differences and i think just something as simple as putting another you know big screen but getting two big screens as opposed to as you say a portable tv for VAR decisions, for replays and stuff. The tannoy is deafening now in the ground right. compared to what it was. It's little it, things, it, isn't need, it, Liam? They do need new... I think it needs a whole new sound system, to be honest, because I think they've just cranked up the old one, but it's it's a bit cracky. Found the volume button, which probably... <laughs> the, the, the bit of plastic that goes over it was probably knocked off years ago. It's never yeah. been replaced. Now, now they've stuck it on. It's like, oh, that's what that is. <laughs> so, no, I think... Look, I... They will, and they'll, they'll make it'll be a more positive match day experience for Mike actually not being there in terms of little bits and bobs. And I, I think there'll be more of that work in the summer. But it would be a surprise to me, just using common sense, if if it was anywhere near the top of the immediate priority list, because I think, like I say, I think there's a lot of other things that need addressed. Um, yeah. But only when you're casting it or making those huge strides forward in English football and potentially back in the European scene, I think they would then consider 
building a brand new stadium or training ground first says Pablo and I think he's yeah. right you know yeah. you've, you've got to focus on on what is going to you know what is going to bring people in what is going to attract people well of course the team and if you look after the team and you invest in the team and you create a great team a team that wins things then you will get people wanting to come and and that you know that is that is the way you do it okay last question on Twitter before we come into the chat um, I do think we've got one more from uh, Robertson. He says, would you fetch Bruno into the midfield for the next game? Now, you were waxing lyrical about him at the start of the programme. Yeah. Is it time to unleash the Bruno? Not for me, no. And I might surprise, but I don't really see the point in uh, trying to fix something that isn't broke. I think the midfield, as you said, Steve, won the midfield battle against a good Aston Villa side who win most midfield battles against teams. Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think I would probably decide to keep it the same. And, and there is always that. I think it'd be nice to see him get get a little bit more game time. Um, I think West Ham. I think a lot of people are overlooking it. I think West Ham will be tough. I think their forward line is quite impressive. You've seen someone like Jared Bowen, the type of goals that he can score. Um, they're a good, good side, West Ham. And I think I think it'll be tough down there. We we do have a decent record. You know, West Ham's always a good game. We can, we don't we feel like we can go there and get a result at the weekend. Um, and I feel that too, but. But I think it'll be tough, and I think we might we might see Bruno a little bit earlier. I think we might get to see a good half an hour from Bruno at the weekend, and I think that'll only do him uh, wonders, and we'll get to really see the, the little flashes of brilliance that we've seen so far. We'll get to see a lot more of that in the team. He's going to have to make he's going to have to make um, a few changes to the team. I think target will be one that'll come straight back in uh, for Mankio. Hopefully, Mankio's fit just to switch on to the other side. Uh, Jamal Lascelles will likely be fit again. Um, be interesting to see whether he sees a way of bringing him back into the side. Personally, I don't think he will. Um, I think he'll probably stick with the two centre-halves that he has to make. But with all that in mind, and what I'm getting at here is, if he's having to make lots of changes at the back, I don't really see why he would then try to fix something that wasn't broke further forward. And I think he'll only try and fix that when he sees a problem in that midfield. And I think you, you can argue that, that the arrival of Bruno has almost brought up the levels of other players in that midfield. And there is a real competition for places. And inadvertently, while not really playing, he's already uh, the, the level of midfield uh, ability has already risen because of his arrival. Um, and he hasn't; he's probably only played six minutes of football. So, so all positive. And and we've already we've always got that up the sleeve that he will be injected in this midfield and will instantly up the levels again um, from the reports that I'm hearing from behind the scenes. Yeah, fingers crossed. Okay, uh, we'll dive into the chat. There's plenty of uh, plenty of people uh, on this morning. Thank you for all your support and all your kind words. Uh, does mean a lot. Um, okay, John says, morning everyone. Should we be concerned that one member of the squad, a bit of a hero of mine already, might get hacked off with not starting games? He's a potential superstar in the making. I think you mean Bruno, and 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 ultimately with Bruno, he, he's he's a consummate professional, and he will have been told you've got to earn your place. And I think that's positive. I think I think that's why we've seen an improvement in players across the board, John. Um, in the sense that you know people like Shelby are raising the game now because there's competition for places. And and I mentioned this yesterday on the show, uh, on the five minute rant that um, you know Willock will have got such a boost in the fact that Eddie Howe has said. The place is still yours. Bruno's come in and he's still getting the game, Liam. And that's great yeah. man management. And that's why Willocks, you know, has improved. Leeds, Everton, Aston Villa, his performances have gradually improved, haven't they? And that, yeah. that's great management. It is. And I think it's sad, really, because and this won't go down very well, because I know he divides opinion and I, I've had enough of him at times. And I, I, I flip between, you know, different opinions on Sean Longstaff in particular, but given the performance he put in at Leeds to have not really seen a minute of football since then has been quite uh, unfair almost. And Eddie Howe actually said that as well in his press conference uh, recently that said, look, it's just been difficult. Um, so I, th I think you're seeing an open of levels, a real open of levels in that midfield department. And I think it'll only continue to go that way. I don't think, I don't think Bruno's going to be too upset Every player's upset. Every player wants to play. Every single one, no matter their ability, they want to play on the Saturday. Um, but I think he'll understand the situation. And I think his time will come. And when it comes, I expect him to take it. And I think Eddie Howe does too, because that's the thing. At the moment, when he's got midfielders who are performing up at their best ability, you know, he's got three midfielders at the moment who are at the top of their ability. Um, Bruno's probably already above that ability. 
and he'll come in and inject that straight in when he, when he gets the chance. And I, I, I suspect it won't be West Ham unless there's an injury. I think an injury could open the door for him. Um, but I think I think it's it's impossible as a manager to drop Joe Willock when he's putting in the type of performances that he is. Um, and, and again, John Joe Shelby again up these levels and and was was putting out fires and mopping things up and, and winning tackles and and spraying balls around. And I thought he was excellent. Um, but yeah, I think I think. Um, I think there will be a part to play. All of them, as I mentioned, Sean Longstaff there, he'll have a part to play between now and the end of the season because injuries and, and illness and whatever are inevitable between between now and May. And, and I think every player in this squad will have to step up and and uh, and really, you know, perform to make sure that Newcastle United stay in this division and unlocks what could be a really bright future for this football club. Yeah, uh, John says can't see Longstaff having a future here after summer signings. Uh, look, this is progress. Uh, I'm afraid. And, you know, if you don't take a chance um, and people uh, who've been in and around Newcastle have had plenty of chances, such as Almiron, such as Longstaff, had that chance to impress how it's up to him to pick a team and pick a winning team. And let's face it, the last three games, he's been very good at that. Scott says, if Lascelles is fit for Saturday, do you see him coming back into the starting eleven? Now, this is this is a... This is an interesting one. We discussed this last night as well. Um, you know, Lascelles is still captain. Uh, Trippier obviously took the armband over at the weekend uh, whilst the cells was ill. Um, who do you go for in your back four? I, I think if Manquillo is fit, Manquillo at right back, Target at left back, Big Dan Byrne alongside Shaw. That that would be my back four. I don't think the cells comes back in. Yeah, that's my opinion too. I think, I think again, I was talking about midfielders and, and players producing certain levels of performances. I don't see how you could take either a share or or burn out of that side from that the performance that those guys put in. They were absolutely brilliant as a parent, really, really good. And until one of those lets that lets their guard slip a little bit and drops performance, or or there is an injury in one of those to one of those two players, I think the position's theirs. If they keep playing like that, that will be the centre half partnership between now and the end of the season. I see no doubt. Unlike I say, unless there's a major dip in form or or an injury. He does, Hedy Howe does like Jamal Lascelles a lot. Does like him. Um, does rate him. Thinks he's a good player. Thinks he's a good leader. Um, and has has does think he's got a big part to play at this football club. But I, I think it will be an impossible decision, given the words that he said recently about not dropping players and, and keeping players in form. That I just don't see using his own uh, rhetoric and his own uh, theories. That I don't see how he takes either of those two players out of the team. And that brings in the other idea. Does he change a formation and turn it with three with the injuries that he's got at the back and things like that? Again, that's something that I, I would find quite surprising. Having hit, having worked so well over the last three games in this particular system, in this way of playing, how tight they've been, how few chances they've given away. And there are still players, albeit of a lesser level. For example, if Mankiw was out, Targa comes in and you probably just have to play Kraft at right back. I don't see when he's got a right back in the squad to play why you would change the whole system, um, which has been working so well. So I don't. I'd be very surprised if he goes to a three and, and, and incorporates somebody like Lascelles, or or does that because of the injuries that they've got in the fullback positions. I think hopefully Mankio is okay. Ligament damage. It's impossible to know how long that'll be, but he might be out for a few weeks if it's not if it's not a, a huge one. Um, but he could be all right. It might have been just some bruising. It might be it might be just a, a little bit of a nick or a knock, and hopefully. Um, Hopefully he's all right, but if not, I would suspect it'll be Emil Kraft who'll come in at right back because that's what he's in the squad for. He's, he's going to have to probably play in between now and the end of the season. So this is what you have a squad for. You have to bring these players and you have to trust that that they'll fit in and, and do a job. And, and Emil Kraft is, for every decent performance, and there have been a few actually, decent performances from him, there are some often awful ones in there as well. Um, shows the level that he is. He's, he's, he's probably a championship footballer, in my opinion. Um but they'll just need him to do a job until Mankio comes back and then Mankio will have to do the job until Trippier comes back. And and I don't see him changing the formation and, and, and going back to the original question, because um, I've gone around the houses, is that I just I don't see the cells being shoehorned in for the sake of ruining a system or or taking out players who are banging form. 
Mark says we've got to put a word in for Ryan Fraser as well. He's totally new man under how compared to Bruce. So good to see such an upturn. Yeah, I mean I said last night you you us this mind because he was he was he was stinking. He seemed it seemed as if his attitude was stinking. It was just awful to watch. But you know what? He's um he's been a revelation and talk of him yeah. getting picked for Scotland again. Yeah, which would be a big a big thing really. Um because he did. Let's just let's not beat around the bush. We all know what he did. Um, he, he had to he had to do it as well. He, he basically put Newcastle United massively before he did his country, Scotland, because I think he saw that this was his this new manager. This was a huge opportunity for him to secure his future at Newcastle United. And you know what? With the performances that he put in, the the favour that he carries with Eddie Howe, because of course it didn't end well at Bournemouth between the two of them, but they've long gone past that, and and you can see that that he's a, a player who really wants to play and believes in his manager. Um. He left somewhere, had a manager like Eddie Howe, and he only had Steve Bruce in between. He left Eddie Howe, who then left Bournemouth um, after they'd got relegated, um, then had Steve Bruce. And I think I think there's been a bit of a realisation when he watched his interview last week that he was like, oh, I don't really want to say about stuff that's gone before. But I think there's a realisation that, God, that there is there is levels to this game and, and the type of coaching and, and organisation that Eddie Howe brings to the training ground compared to what Steve Bruce does is just it's just you know night and day chalk and cheese and I think I think that's what I took from the Ryan Fraser interview last week that that it's about levels in this game and and, and Steve Bruce is nowhere near yeah David R says Dan Byrne sensational his ability yeah. to clear headers with accuracy stood out to me Lascelles usually wins headers but they land at the opposition in dangerous areas Burn looking like a bargain buy. I have to agree. Um, I mentioned that last night as well. That just just the, the clearances going to your own players. It's such a it's a, it's a basic, but it's something that he did really really well. So yeah, we've already we've already touched on that. Um, got to be honest as well, Liam. Do you remember when um, Eddie Howe came in? The criticism of a lot of the fans who didn't want Eddie Howe was that um, defensively his record yeah. is atrocious, and yet he's turning the defense into the strongest part of the team because he's got to at this moment in time. Yeah, the organisation. I, I know I hinted at that, at that earlier. That oh well, you'll not organise this team defensively. It's got all the players you need going forward. But you know what? What they've done is they've, he's reversed that, and, and we're now no longer talking about this short blanket, the Rafa Benitez short blanket. This blanket's got longer, hasn't it? We're actually a team where we're capable of winning games, and we're also capable of, of keeping it tight at the other end. And Gary Neville again, I'm, to go back because I listened to it and I thought it was an excellent analysis. The type of football pundit that everybody cries out for. In his podcast on Sky Sports uh, this weekend, and he was at St James's Park on Sunday, he talked in depth about about how there is a bravery about this Newcastle side which didn't exist under that defensive Rafa Benitez formation. And he seemed to argue that, that this is a much better version, as in they still got that defensive solidity, but can also still beat teams. Um, and I think I tend to agree, to be honest, only on the last three games, only on the last three games, um, potentially the Manchester United one, there was that wobble against uh, the rabbit in the headlights performance against Watford when they went in front. And there was also the, the, the Cambridge debacle in the middle of that as well. But yeah, I think... I think they do. They look like a team who can do it both ways. They can they can they can do the defensive stuff and look solid, but also hit teams with dangerous players like St Maximin, who by the way was excellent, unbelievable St Maximin, the best St Maximin, the best version of St Maximin against Everton. And he was he was really poor. He was really poor against Aston Villa. Everything he tried didn't come off. Um and Newcastle United still won. And how often have we said an injury to St Maximum on it, as poor as St Maximum performance, and, and it defines Newcastle United's results. But St Maximum had a really poor game of all the players in the team. He was probably one of the poorest. And Newcastle United still ground out and they still won 1-0. So for me, I think there's been big step, steps forward in terms of mentality, in terms of confidence. It was a crisis of confidence. They, they didn't have any. They didn't know how to win games. Now they seem capable of winning games. I do think there are slight criticisms. Slight criticism for me would maybe be does Eddie Howe, and this is a slight criticism, it's not a big one, does he let games drift too much? Um, I'd like to see him a little, be a little bit more proactive in terms of substitutions and things like that and trying to um, not just react when things go badly, but maybe try to stop them before they go bad. 
Um, and that was the criticism of the Watford game. I do think there were periods in Everton against Everton. I do think there were periods against Aston Villa where change could have come earlier just to arrest the decline, which was obvious in the game. But look, it's a minor criticism. And when you're casting into winning games, it's hard to be critical of, of, of the decisions the manager takes because ultimately it was a very good week for Eddie Howe. He got, yeah. the, he got the key decisions and key selection decisions correct. And he brought the right players in at the right time in terms of starting games. Um, and I expect he'll continue to do that, and Bruno will be the next one. Yeah, I think so as well. Yeah, it's it's great. It's great time to be a Newcastle fan at the moment. It really is. It's you know everything that was going against us is now coming back as well. VAR as well. I mean, you know that was that was a, an amazing turnaround. It seemed to take for ages, but we 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 got the result with that. Let's talk about goalkeepers. Um, and and this is another thing. I mean. I think we all had our hearts in our mouths when we'd had those injuries with uh, Manquillo and, and Trippier and then Dubravka went down and we know it was a bad injury, know it was difficult. I, I've said on this show before that I feel we should get a, a really good keeper in in the summer as well. I mean, what's your views on that, Liam? Because obviously, you know, we've got we've got goalkeepers, you know, Darlow has played Premier League football. He's, you know, he's done okay. He's not great. But what, what's your what's your view on, on, the, on the goalkeeping scenario? Would you bring one in in the summer? Uh, yeah, I, I think they will. I think they will. Uh, I think they look for a goalkeeper who's maybe a little bit more comfortable with the ball, a little bit more confident. I think uh, Martin Dubravka has looked like a goalkeeper lacking in confidence, I would say, over the last few weeks, but um, hasn't had a whole lot to do <laughs> recently. I think has sort of grown in confidence a little bit um, because of the, the solidity that's been brought in in front of him. And um Look, I, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Martin Dubravka. I think he's been an excellent goalkeeper for Newcastle United and will continue to do so, I've got no doubt, between now and the end of the season. Um, but what I will say is that, that do I think Newcastle United can upgrade in that department? Yes, and, and I suspect they probably will. Um, I think the obvious one that, that most people are talking about in it, there is a very keen interest there on both sides, player and, and Newcastle United, is Dean Henderson. And I suspect that'll be a move that's probably revisited in the summer. We're talking about an England international goalkeeper who is probably going to be available between twenty and thirty million pounds. I think we'll see that move probably come to fruition um, in the summer. I would suspect. Yeah, uh, yeah. Tom, thank you for your support. Me, hit the likes, please. Hit the likes. It does. Uh, it does help the algorithm. David uh, R says, not sure if it's been mentioned yet, but we are fourth in the current form guide. Past five games, we will be going to West Ham looking to get three points. How refreshing! Well, Steve Bruce was happy with a nil-nil last night. <laughs> yeah, the form table, everything is looking is is looking positive. Paul, look at the moment, the Beardsley videos are not going to go up. We did we did put a Peter Beardsley video up. Um, and managed to get uh, some really good views, but um, uh, understandably, Peter's not too keen on on stuff going on to YouTube at times. And um, he, you know, we've taken it down for now. His attitude may change in the future, but um, yeah, I think you know there's there's a few issues which Peter, um, you know, uh, you know, has with with just stuff going out on YouTube and I understand that and I respect that so that is why it will be going up uh, for the foreseeable future uh, swap Darlow for Nick Pope says uh, Pablo I think he's a good goalkeeper yeah really good goalkeeper um, could be one could be one to look at it's not one I've heard but but yeah I do rate him as a goalkeeper too yeah uh, Tom says, uh, "How do you? Uh, how does the under twenty three format work after they lost last night in the competition with it being the group stage?" I think I think they're still through at the last sixteen. I think I think they were they were through anyway. I think in terms of the group, so I, yeah. I don't know. I, I'm I'm not look. You're probably asking the wrong man. I don't really cover the twenty threes much at all, but if ever um, these days, um, but I think they're through. I think they're through the last sixteen of that whatever competition it was last night. Yeah, Jody Tune for life. Uh, this this crossed my mind. I must I must be honest. On uh, Sunday, I thought there was a little bit of um, a little bit of gamesmanship going on by Newcastle. We're starting to get very good at that. I've noticed. Do you think Dubravka stopped play deliberately because we were under pressure at the time and it took the sting out of Villa? I thought I certainly thought he got a knock, but he was down a lot longer than was than I thought. And I think there was a little bit of that going on on Sunday, wasn't there? Yeah, possibly. And I think we probably could have been playing until five o'clock if if the referee had, if added on all of the actual um, stoppages in that game. Um, of course, we had the, the, the um, unfortunate incidents in the stand, but a couple of stoppages for that. We also yeah. had, you know, long to you know there was injury, there was lots of injuries and, and players down. Um, I, honestly, I think in between the VAR, the VAR decisions also was a big big difference. One of them. It was either the penalty, the penalty free kick, which we eventually scored from, 
or the Ollie Watkins goal was four minutes, four minutes between um, the incident and the decision. I think we only seen five minutes added on on either half. I think it was 10 minutes added on the whole game. It, I mean, realistically, it probably should have been 20 minutes given the amount of stoppages that there were in that game. But look, we'll take it. Um, and that's football. That's that's the way it works. You never, you never get the time back that you probably should in, in any game um, that you play. But no, I don't. I don't know if Dubravka did it. I didn't. I didn't feel that at the time. But you never know with Dubravka. He's had that many injuries recently that he, it wouldn't surprise us if it was a genuine one. But he maybe just took a bit longer over it. Yeah. Uh, yes, they are through to the next stages. The under twenty three says Jordy Toon for life. Uh, and yet Nick Pope Vidalo sell Dubravka. Um, yeah, I think you need. You, you know, you need to have a new goalkeeper. I agree. Agreed. Dubravka had a few glances to the bench. Clever play, says John. Uh, Bruno learning English today and saying it's difficult. Great to see him learning English though. Uh, again, that's oh, what yeah. he needs needs to do. Hopefully, with a little bit of Jordy as well, um, would would be good. Uh, another great show. Thank you very much, uh, Keith. And yes, don't forget to hit the like and subscribe. Don't forget as well, you can be a member. Um, thank you for the donation today. As I say, that goes in the pot when we have our uh, our, our two do's, the summer and the winter do. And everyone who contributes to the show uh, has, a, has a, a, a free night on us. So if you do want to join and become a member, uh, please feel free to do that. Um, uh, you know, we, we've got some great... Um, you know, so we've got some great followers, some great subscribers, and it is good to have so many people following the show on a weekly basis, still doing seven shows a week. Okay, Newcastle going to West Ham then, Liam. Um, and it's an early start for us who are on the road, um, going on the train or, or whatever. And uh, it's a 12.30 kickoff. It's live on BT Sports. All 3,000 away tickets have been sold. I've got one of them. Looking forward to it. A broken bone in the foot means that Trippier misses out. He joins Matt Ritchie, Callum Wilson on the sidelines. Uh, no news on Manquillo yet. Uh, Matt Target is available again, though, after having to sit that one out against Villa because it was against his parent club. Federico Fernandez is getting close at the return, we are told. Um, it is also assumed that Jamal Lascelles will have recovered from the illness that kept him out of the game and the win against Aston Villa. As for West Ham, uh, they have salvaged a point against Leicester. Uh, with a 2-2 draw. Uh, Kurt Zuma, who's been in the headlines for all the wrong reasons, uh, was available to play, but then decided not to play because he uh, said he was ill. Um, so un unknown illness, and we're not sure whether he will be playing uh, at the weekend. West Ham have won more points away from home this season, uh, which is interesting. Uh, and Toon Stato, of course, on the three amigos, will give us a few more stats on that game. Referee is Chris Kavanagh. Uh, VAR, which was switched on at the weekend, was Jarrod, uh, is Jarrod Gerard, uh, Gillette. And as I've already mentioned, it is live on BT Sports. So we've talked a little bit about the team, Liam, and what we expect. Uh, what are you expecting for this game? And bear in mind, it's a, it has been in recent years quite a, quite a happy hunting ground for Newcastle United. Yeah, well, games against West Ham, Tottenham, the type of games I've said on here before that you do look forward to. They, they, they do have a bit of spice, a bit of excitement, goals, uh, good chance of results, go more away for Newcastle United. So, yeah, I think I think we go there with confidence. We go there without uh, the weight of pressure that was maybe there if we were going a week ago. Um, and I think, we're, I think we'll, we'll give a decent account of ourselves, but it, it's one of those games where West Ham are a better side than, than us. Um the league table tells you that. Um, they are fighting for the European places while we're fighting for our lives. So I think, you know, if, if Newcastle go and lose there, there isn't much lost. Um, of course, depending on results elsewhere. It's probably the games after that where Newcastle go to Brentford in a week's time and have Brighton at home are the two games that I'm particularly looking at saying I would hope we can get four points from those two games. If I look, as a collective, I've said this before, I look at these next three games and if Newcastle United can win one, draw one, lose one in the next three, I think they'll be in a really good place. Um, with 12 games to go on, 25 points, I think you're probably only looking at maybe, like I say, you might only need 32, 33 points this year to stay up guaranteed. Um, without having any, That might even mean you don't have any last day drama. Um, so I, I think, I think you know, if they can get win one, draw one, lose one the next three, then I think they'll be in a decent, a decent-ish place heading that final twelve games of the season. Yeah, Alan Thompson says, are any other players banned? Yeah, there was a lot of people talking about the yellow card scenario. Uh, they aren't, are they? I, I didn't think that was the case, but I couldn't comment a hundred percent because I wasn't sure on the card count. But 
for my for my information, no suspensions coming and uh, to change towards the back end of the season rules now. Uh, yeah, so so the yellow cards, I can't. It might even be a, It might be on the turn of the year. They they are reset. Move to ten yellow cards, says Vince. That's right. Yeah, it does. Yeah. So so yeah, they've got um, they've got they've got plenty plenty cards in the bank, as you as you would say. Yeah. Okay. Uh, just give us a quick plug. Uh, well, give us a quick prediction before we give a quick plug to Newcastle World. Um, I can't predict we'll lose, even though I've said I think win one, draw one, lose one. I think it's the toughest game of the three. Um, look, I'll say we'll go down there and get a ones each. Um, and I've been saying it for the last couple of games, but I do fancy Chris Wood to to get on the end of something and get a goal. Um, he's getting closer, and I think I, I think we'll get a ones each. Chris Wood is at the Newcastle goal. John, John from Qtech agrees one nil and a wood header. Um, yes, does joining with Qtech still go into the pot? Uh, yeah, get yourself, get yourself on, uh, get yourself on. Just join as a member. That's all you need to do, mate. If you're if you're part of Qtech, though, yeah, you're in the club. Uh, okay, Newcastle World is where Liam works. Tell us about it, mate. Yeah, NewcastleWorld.com. Check it out. Um, news website. Loads of football content. We obviously cover the football off with it being my speciality. Um, have a re- reporter called Jordan Cronin who works for us, so give him a follow on social media. But yeah, check check us out um, for new side of things. Toby Bryant, um, Imogen Holland. We have, we have a really good team at Newcastle World. It's going to continue to grow moving forward. Really positive um, positive results in terms of, of hits and figures and and the finances. Many people might have seen on Sunday that they were they were dotted around the city, North Tyneside, Gated, Metro Centre, uh, in the Thumbland Street, um, everywhere there was Newcastle World branding. Um, and that just shows that we're, we're really starting to grow um, and there's a bit of finance being put behind the, the project as well. So, And that, that all comes down to you guys as well, the, the kind of support that you've given since I've taken to this venture in the summer last year and then as editor again in September, October, that I'm 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 really um humbled by the the support that you guys have shown towards towards this project and and again long may it continue. Okay, great stuff as always, Liam. Thanks for giving us up uh, your time. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow with uh, the Geordies here. Geordies there program. It's uh, three o'clock start tomorrow. Got a busy day tomorrow, uh, a busy night tomorrow because it is my birthday tomorrow. I, I officially turn fifty tomorrow. Uh, thanks to everybody, including you, Liam, who came along to me party on uh, on Saturday, and uh, I'm going to play out with the ads. Take care, Liam. See you next week. Cheers. Thanks to all our sponsors. First up, Spider VPN for all your internet security. Google Spider VPN. They are the boys to trust. They come up at the top of the Google network search. Thanks also to skipsandbins.com. Telephone 0800 25 Email inquiries at skipsandbins.com. Website www.skipsandbins.com. Easy contract, free and pay as you go. Waste collection. Thanks also to LNG Family Funeral Directors 0191389 and to Garden of Healing Dispensary, CBD Hemp and Cannabinoid Specialists, www.thegohd.com. Thanks to Arcot Interiors. You can Google them and they come up at the top of the search list also. You can also find them on Heaton Road and they are currently hiring and looking for fitters. So contact Arcot Interiors if you are available to help them with that particular trade. QTechShop.co.uk are the makers of pool tables and snooker tables in Walls and Newcastle and also the guys who run our website, Jab Signature, you can find them at jabsignature.co.uk. Thanks to Media Arts for all of our video editing. And thank you to newworkwear.com, the specialist in the supply and branding of clothing for the workplace, for providing me with my new jacket. And if you want to subscribe to the show, hit the Newcastle Legends logo in the bottom right-hand corner and you can subscribe for free. We still do seven shows a week and we do some true crime stuff as well. Hit the thumb up under the video to like the video, click share to share to your social media and drop into the comments box to speak to like-minded Newcastle fans or to leave a question. We're also available as a podcast on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast providers. If you put your phone over this QR code, it will take you straight to our website and you become a Newcastle and UFC Matters member. You get a cup, you get a pen, you get a scarf and entered into our monthly draw where you can win some fantastic prizes. We also do live events and each pre-match and post-match you can find us at the Dog and Parrot and Super Mac gives us a talk about the game ahead. Uh, There is good beer and there is good music and there is a pool table and kids are welcome. So get yourself along to the Dog and Parrot each match day 
in Newcastle City Centre. We also support the Food Bank on this channel, nufcfansfoodbank.co.uk. You can find the Matchday Bucket, which is operational 365 days of the year, and you can make a virtual deposit. If you want to find us on Facebook, uh, then just search NUFC Matters. We have a page in a group. And if you want to follow me on Instagram, search Steve Wraith. And if you want to follow me on Twitter, search at Steve Wraith. <laughs>